Hi, this is the Besties Budget Podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Hannah. And we are two gals in our 30s who ditch debt from their 20s to live their best life through their 90s. So you can too. And a real quick disclaimer, the views expressed on this podcast and in all of our content are personal opinions only and should not be construed as financial advice. Any action taken based on this information is strictly at your own risk. Thanks for tuning in to episode seven of Besties Budget. Thanks for joining us, guys. Yay. <laughs> so the last couple of weeks have been a little bit challenging. And Hannah and I have really, we talked about this before recording. We've been on the same page a little bit. <clears throat> and I've been experiencing what I'm referring to as budget fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Hannah feels pretty similarly. And so I guess what we really wanted to do today was just share our experience around this, give some context um, and how we can refocus. Right. That's a good word for it, refocus. It's, and I, I mean, I'll just admit right now, I'm not quite there. I'm, I'm not quite there. I'm not, I'm not quite ready to fully refocus and to kind of fully go back to the, I, I don't even know, like the, the, level I was at in terms of budgeting because I've also experienced budget fatigue. I think though it's a, maybe I'm just like giving myself an excuse here, but I feel like there's been collective global fatigue yeah. because so much stuff has mm-hmm. been going on. And I know for myself, like I had to take a step back from social media. I had to take a step back from this. I had to take, I mean, I just had to take a couple steps back and like legit take like a spiritual nap there for a while. I completely relate to that. Um, I mean, even as a basic foundation of everyone going through all the changes with coronavirus, Mm -hmm. and then on top of that, like, there's fatigue associated with that, of course, and stress, but also, you know, everything that's been in the news. Absolutely. And every – I don't know about you, but it was – I really wanted to watch, listen, and learn when everything happened with George Floyd and yes. continue to want to do so. Right. And I also took a step away from social media, mm-hmm. um, you know, to give some room for topics that I needed to do some learning about. Yeah. And I guess it made my budget seem like really small potatoes. Yes. At the same time, I know that a good coping mechanism, an amazing one that mm-hmm. is very effective is spending money. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, and again, I've done no irreversible detriment to my financial life, um, which is why I think it's really easy to slip into because mm-hmm. I'm not going out and, you know, randomly buying a new car or, you know, dropping 10 grand on whatever, whatever, right. gambling, anything mm-hmm. like that. But <laughs> man, I don't know, having a total change of personality, freaking out, losing <laughs> losing it. (laughs) But, you know, making these like more micro level purchases that add up because I want a quick emotional um, fix and it works really well. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I I mean, I completely agree. I think um, out of sight, out of mind, a lot of you know, the same with you, nothing detrimental to uh, to my budget either, but a lot of ghost spending, a lot of sort of money comes in. I don't budget it. <laughs> uh, you know, like I don't, I don't spend money that's in my budget, but I also don't report a lot. I'm basically like, <laughs> I'm the IRS and I'm not reporting. You're laundering your own money. I'm laundering my own money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 
kind of like have to nip that criminal activity in the in the old butt there and get back on track and and yeah, refocus. That's just a really good word mm. for it. I think it's also I'm finding it a little more difficult to have urgency and mm-hmm. like intrinsic motivation level mm-hmm. ur- urgency right. that I had felt for a really long time and you know for I have been working really intensely on you know reducing my debt and learning a lot about finance and saving and all this stuff really solidly for a year mm-hmm. and that coupled with everything that's been going on I just maybe I hit this wall I think mm-hmm. and now that my savings is in a really good place even though I still have some debt it just feels like I don't even feel like paying it. Right. I just feel tired and I just mm-hmm. want to go buy stuff that I want to buy, yeah. which I know sounds very like petulant and childish and like, mm, I want this comfortable thing. Right. At the same time, I've gone for, a, for quite a while because not just before I started using a budget, even before then, because I had to put, I didn't have control of my money. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really able to live how I wanted to live. So mm-hmm. now that I have a little extra padding, mm-hmm. um, it feels extremely tempting to upgrade my lifestyle. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's kind of something I also wanted to just do a little touchstone on. We might do in the future um, a little bit more of this in an episode, a little more focused, but kind of talking about how if your behaviors don't change, it really doesn't matter how much money you make. And that's why you can be a bankrupt millionaire or be a millionaire, but be in debt. It's Mm. because you're still spending more or at uh, what you make. So it really, it doesn't matter what's coming in. It really matters what's going out. Mm. And for me, I know um, that that is something I, I have a tendency to fall into. I might not go into debt, just like we talked about. I might not go into debt. I might not put things on credit. I might not do that. But I, that also doesn't mean I'm not that I'm saving or that I'm really changing my behaviors. It means that now I'm spending money that I don't have to spend just because I have it there, just because I see it. So, I mean, I guess that can kind of transition into uh, our homework for the week. Um, oh, and we also would do our good and our bad, but. Yeah, we can do good and the bad. Yeah, let's do a good and a bad and then we can talk about homework. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's time for Hannah's favorite part of the show. Yes. Hannah, you want to ring us in? The good and the bad. The good and the bad. All right. Awesome. Do you want to start us off, Hannah? Yeah, I'll start us off because there has been some good stuff that's been happening. I would say I'm going to mention two things that are really good. The first one is I have a fully funded three month. Yes, a little over three-month emergency fund. Yeah, I know. It's really great. And it's in our high-interest uh, savings account, which did you see, Ally? Yep. Yeah. Dropped our yeah, – our... dropped the, the, the <laughs> yield. Yeah. Thanks, coronavirus. <laughs> um, yeah, well, whatever. But it's in there, accruing interest, and that feels really good. Um, and the second thing I'll say is that uh, now that that is fully funded, I have another little bucket that says vacation – and I have actually contributed to that, which is great. Like, I feel like, you know, it might not be a lot right now that I am saving. I am still am saving. You know, I haven't gotten to that point where I'm not saving anything or I'm making decisions that, like we said, are really going against everything that I've done. I still feel myself 
you know, the momentum might have slowed, but I am making those steps forward. And I have to give myself a pat on the back for that. I have to give myself, you know, I wouldn't have done that six months ago. I'm in a completely different financial place than I was six months ago, thanks to budgeting and thanks to doing what we're doing right now. And I have to acknowledge that as a good thing. Um, the bad thing I would say is for sure that, uh, that I have, that I'm, I'm just not being honest in my budget right now. Mm. Um, and that is not to say that I'm spending money I don't have, but I'm just not budgeting in money like I should. I've kind of, I've been checking in with every dollar here and there, but I haven't been putting every little thing in because it just, it is kind of this ghost spending where um, I know the money is there, so I don't really worry about it. But then I couldn't, I couldn't quite tell you right now. You know, I've gotten back into that place that that scary place of I couldn't quite tell you right now what every income income thing is going to be and what every you know out out mm, outward spending is going to be. I I could not tell you, and that's kind of crazy. Um, so I definitely know what I'm going to be working on. Mm. Okay, so my good is that I had a couple situations where I was owed a good amount of money mm -hmm. um, for, you know, a couple different reasons. And it was, you know, in the multiple thousands of dollars category. Wow. So nothing insignificant. And all of that has been rectified, returned to me, refunded, refilled, whatever. So awesome. that is my good. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like I'm no longer waiting for mm -hmm. something. And I, again, luckily I was not in a dire situation. Mm -hmm. However, um, it was a little uneasy knowing like, oh, like, am I going to get this money back? When am I going to get this money back? I have plans for it. I'd really just you know, like to see it come through. And it, I, you know, it was mine and I wanted it back. Right. <clears throat> so, you know, I had a couple situations that were rectified. I have that money back. Yay. Yay. So yeah. nothing else I'm waiting on. Now my bad is really that I, I guess I just – I just feel bad about having this fatigue. Mm. There's like this combination of guilt a little bit, some of that, but really I just love being passionate about my finances and I love learning stuff mm -hmm. about, you know, managing my money and just learning more things. And I just haven't felt like doing that. Yeah. And I think that's, if I'm being honest with you guys, that's what feels kind of bad. Like I don't even feel guilty about, um, you know, increasing my grocery budget this month because I wanted to buy nicer food for myself. Yeah. Because I felt like I needed to take care of myself more. And I, I guess, you know, none of us can be one emotion, one mode, one level of enthusiasm and energy all the time. But, you know, I do love feeling that passion for this topic. Mm -hmm. So I guess I've that's my bad is I have just felt some fatigue around it. And that's, I guess that's just the season mm. that I'm in right now. Yeah, definitely. Okay, now we are going to set homework for ourselves because I know we're both looking to refocus a little bit, even mm -hmm. if it's a gentle refocus. Yes. So, Hannah, do you know what your homework is going to be? I do. I think part of the reason why I'm having trouble and I've had some budging fatigue is I had so much going toward this emergency fund and I thought it was going to take me so much longer. <laughs> I mean, world's smallest violin right now. But I thought it was going to take me so much longer to save $10,000. And because of different weird circumstances, including the stimulus check, among other things, it didn't. It like mm. took no time at all. <laughs> so I kind of was left without a goal that felt important. 
And then it was just sort of like, well, I guess I'll save for the sake of saving. And that seemed really boring and not fun. So I think for me, I have to find something I really, really, really want. Mm. Either I really, really, really want or flip side of that, things I know I'm going to have to pay for. So we kind of talked about this before the podcast, but like if I know that I'm going to have to get my oil changed or my teeth cleaned or like something like that that's coming up in the next couple of months, to just go ahead and like make a list of all the things I know I'm going to have to pay for in 2020. Like from now until the end of the year, That's a good idea. make envelopes for each and just make my goal to fill all those envelopes. And once one is done, I go on to the next and they might be small. They might be $50 and then some of them might be bigger. They might be $400 mm-hmm. or whatever, but to just make it a goal to fill all of those envelopes. So there's not a single thing that I can foresee Um, Because everything else would obviously fall under emergency category, but that I can foresee needing money for that isn't already saved. And I think that that will really help me. Right. I think it's a good call, Um, like operating with a solid target so you have a goal. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. Right. So my homework is just making that list and maybe making the envelopes because that's fun. Okay. My homework is going to be, so uh, a week ago, I opened a brokerage account. Mm. And I don't really know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) I was not going to say anything, but I have no idea what that means. So all I know is it's basically money that instead of just keeping in a savings, you can invest for higher yield. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand that fundamentally, but I don't really understand what that means practically and where exactly that means that Mm -hmm. money would go and how that would accumulate so would this be for you? I'm just curious. Is this separate from your emergency fund savings or is this with your emergency fund savings? So I was talking to my dad about this mm-hmm. and I, you know, tend to ask my dad, you know, for advice sometimes, or at least his, you know, his hot take <laughs> on, uh, on, on my finances. Sure. And he said, Hey, I mean, you know, this money is going to grow and it's going to grow better if you put it in this brokerage account than if you keep it in this just a high yield mm-hmm. savings. Cause even, you know, one, 1. 1.2 is quite low. Yeah. Um, so really my homework, and yes, it would be with emergency fund money. Okay. Um, but really my homework is to find out what, what practically it means Mm -hmm. for some, like where that money goes if I put it in that account. Right. Cause I, I know I would have to basically choose how it gets invested. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to do a little bit more research and I don't know, maybe our listeners here, maybe some of you know, (laughs) know what all that means. And maybe some of you don't. So either way, I'm going to come back to you with some good info and really educate myself around that. So, and not ignore it like I have been for the past week. So that's my homework for myself. Awesome. Okay. So now we're going to dive right into our challenge portion of the episode and we're going to let you know what we're taking on as our next project. So um, we're kind of shifting gears in our challenges. Um, Also giving ourselves, you know, a a little bit more to chew on Mm -hmm. mentally. Mm -hmm. So we actually decided to both read slash audiobook. Listen, (laughs) we're just working smarter, not harder. That's right. That's right. Don't make me teacher you and tell you why an audiobook is still reading. Um, And so we're going to take on this book that was recommended to me in the category of behavioral economics, and it's called Predictably Irrational by Dan Rayleigh, I may be saying that wrong, but we'll put it in the description as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hannah, can you just give us a little description yeah. on what this book is about? Uh, 
Definitely. Okay. So Dana really is an MIT behavioral economist. So kind of like that, if any of you read Freakonomics, which is by I think Stephen something, and now I'm Mm -hmm. forgetting it, but it's kind of taking um, assumptions that we make about reasons that we do things or rules and seeing if they're true using economics, which is kind of cool. So what he is going, what he does is he, he's blending everyday experience with with research. He explains how expectations, emotions, social norms, and other invisible, seemingly illogical forces skew our reasoning reasoning abilities. Um, so why do we make certain choices? Yeah. And I'll just give you some context. So the reason that Hannah and I, the reason that this book came up and we decided to take this on <clears throat> was we were wondering, you know, why is it that we can rationalize spending a few hundred dollars on something fun at Sephora or Target and it feels really great, but then, you know, going to fix something on my car for even a hundred dollars feels mm-hmm. like like a stab in my heart. Absolutely. Like <laughs> I am never going to recover from this economic burden. <laughs> When really I just spent two hundred dollars on candles and fake nails, exactly. You know, so or whatever. True. So that's why we're reading this. So if you guys want to read along, we'll be talking about this when we record our next episode in a couple weeks, and we're excited. Yeah, and just FYI, I was able to find it on in my library. Uh, I'm doing the audiobook library app, but don't please don't go out and buy it. You can actually find it for free um, in most places. So do that. Yeah, save yourself some money. Save yourself some money. Learning about uh, why we do what we do. Well, we can't forget about our favorite segment, (laughs) Pull the Audience. This really is my favorite (laughs) Okay, now since we were just talking about this, my question is based in, uh, you know, what we were just just discussing. Mm -hmm. So my question for you, Hannah, since you're my audience and I'm polling you, is what is... What is one purchase you can think of that feels sort of disproportionately burdensome that you really don't feel like spending what's actually a kind of reasonable amount of money on a reasonable thing to spend money on, but just feels so annoying, like ultimately annoying? What is that purchase for you? Okay. I'm just going to go on the record as saying 90% of the time I have those feelings about buying (laughs) anything. I'm constantly that person that's like, why am I spending money on this? Um, Unless it's, you know, books. Um, Okay. This is the first thing that came to my mind. I think it's deeply, deeply wrapped up in psychological trauma as well. But I'm going to say any getting my teeth cleaned. I, I oh hate the fact. I hate the fact that I have to spend money to go to the dentist. I hate the dentist. I hate all dentists. I'm sorry if you're out there and you're a dentist. I hate you. I hate you irrationally. For the dentist, you know, population of our audience. Exactly. I'm sure the, our sole audience, it's all dentists <laughs> out there with your drills and your scrapers. And I don't like any of you. Um, yeah, I get irrationally mm-hmm. mad about having to pay anything to get my teeth cleaned. Ugh, what a crock. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with... Um, Things car related. Oh, yeah. Like having to pay for my sticker renewal or my oil changed or, you know, if something's broken in my car, like I'd rather just let a part fall off. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's just so annoying. Like, ah, this old junk again? Come on. I know. I really have to get our car inspected. I mean, I don't mm. want to be Ron Swanson about this, but I've already bought the car. I don't need the government to inspect it every single year. That is yeah. ridiculous. What, what, if a it, what if it harms someone else on the road? You know, <laughs> sends someone else else careening off a bridge because my property, my own personal property is unsafe. fell off. <laughs> so it's things like that, that it's like, really, I need an oil change again. Didn't I just do this? And it just no. feels like burning money, even yeah. though I know I'm paying for a service yes. and that service is keeping me safe. Yes. It just feels like yeah, an annoying thing. Yeah. I'm going to do a bonus one because <laughs> I'm a homeowner now. And this is just like one of these recent things that has come up is pest control. We uh, have to pay monthly for pest control. And in Texas, you have to pay. for. You must protect yourself from pests. They're gross. Okay, They're control. awful. Those ants. I, no joke. I, no joke. Literally no joke. They will come after you and your loved ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, thank you for sticking with us. And we will be back in a couple of weeks. We'll tell you how that homework went and how our challenge is coming. Look for that book. And again, as always, if you want to get in touch with us or reach out to us, you can follow us over on our Instagram at besties.budget. I will be taking over the Instagram. Hannah will be taking over the Instagram this week, and I'll be putting up a bunch of fun posts for you to interact with. So go ahead and get on over there and say hi. Thanks, guys. <laughs>